All right, I know you've been standing for a minute, so why don't we go ahead and open our Bibles, Revelation. I know y'all do that here, right? You stand in honor of the Word of God, so I'm going to do that here. Revelation 3, 14, Church of Laodicea. How many know he left the easy one for me? Right, this is so easy. <laughs> Revelation 3, 14 says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, so because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I'm going to look at somebody and say, that's a strong word. <laughs> Verse 17, you say I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they to the one who is victorious, I give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen? Amen. Amen. My message this morning is, do you see what I see? Come on. As you're seated, ask somebody, do you see what I see? Awesome. Do you see what I see? I want to I just bring you greetings of... Uh, my wife, Becky, she leads worship back home, so they can give me up easily. I'm easily replaced, but it's hard to replace her, but she just sends greetings. Got, uh, we've been married 31 years last week. Come on, 31. She put up with me. Three grown kids, two daughters who are married, a son. He's a sophomore at UK going into his uh, sophomore year, um, and so things are crazy at, at our house and got money flowing out, you know, just, just for college and good stuff. Um, but I was thinking about this message, Pastor Dustin, he, he told me what series you were in. I've been watching some of your messages. Awesome. Come on, deep dive this summer. Many people taking a summer break. Y'all said, let's go deeper. Let's go deep. And, um, and, and I was, I was thinking about this, this church, uh, this, this, this thought came to mind. Do you see uh, what I see. We were actually on the way back from a conference this week, just got back from Church of the Highlands and was down there, and we were coming back stuck in traffic, five-hour drive in a van full of people, and the youth pastor decided, let's play this game, right? Like you played it. Do you all ever play that as a kid? Do you see what I see? And, and so he wanted to play it with a guy who was sitting next to him, one of our worship leaders, and, and, and he, he said, do you see what I see? And he said, do you I see, see what I see? It's blue. And the guy's like, dude, I'm colorblind. I can't, yeah, I mean, no, that game's no fun if you're colorblind. And so they decided to do shapes. It did not work. He's like, do you see what I see? It's shaped like a, well, it's shaped like a truck, you know, and the game was over right then. That was it. And, and so, but this just church in, in, in Revelation, this, the thing is, is that they didn't see what Jesus saw. And have you learned that every, every church, did you see this through your series that every church got a different letter? That every church, you can't just mix them up. You can't give purposes, Purpose Church letter to CT back home. You, every church has its own letter. 
And, and Jesus gave them a letter, and every letter started with a characteristic about himself. Every letter starts the same way, and it ended the same way. It started with Jesus giving a characteristic about himself. I am this, different for each church. And then at the end of each letter, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear what? What the Spirit is saying. Every church, it starts with a characteristic, ends with that In this, verse 14, it says, it's to the angel of the church. Now, angel, that could be messenger, could be the pastor, but the letter was for the church. And it says, these are the words, and notice these characteristics of Jesus. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I love the way that Jesus just starts. He, he just says, look, look, guys, y'all got some issues. He's about to dive right into some issues. But he starts by reminding them of who he is. I am the ruler of God's creation. In other words, I have the authority to do this. And no matter what's going on, aren't you thankful that no matter what's going on in the world or no matter what's going on in your world, that Jesus is the ruler? Listen, he's still on the throne. Come on, things may look crazy, but he's still in charge. And one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. But today, I love your worship this morning. Great job, worship team. Come on, how many know you got an amazing worship team here? It's awesome. When y'all get to heaven, you're going to come back here on the weekends just to worship. You know that, right? But they were reminding us today we were declaring his worth. We were declaring that he's on the throne, that he's worthy of all our praise. We're not going to wait till one day, right? We're going to give him praise today because he's the ruler of all creation. And then he says, I'm faithful. Come on, before he even starts, he's about to get on to him pretty hard. You saw that. But, but I love it. Right after he gets on to him hard, he, he, he says, but yet I'm not leaving you. I'm, I'm here knocking at your door. I'm, uh, he's faithful. Come on, as I was pulling into Murray this morning, I just remembered the faithfulness of God. Listen, I grew up in church. Um, Parents brought me to church all the time. My, my whole life they brought me to church. But my freshman year in college came to Murray State. Come on, racers. Let's go racers, right? I came to Murray State, and I felt freedom for the first time. I didn't have to look at my mama every night after I'd been doing what I'd been doing, right? And I came to Murray, and I, I just had a, kind of a wild freshman year. And, but the summer after my freshman year, I, I came back. The Lord just was knocking on my heart so deep. I wasn't even looking for him, but he was looking for me. And I just was just thinking about the faithfulness of God. That even when I was faithless, come on, he remained faithful. Hadn't he been good to you? He's so good. And, and then it says he's also true. Come on, Jesus is about to tell them the truth. He's not just going to tell them what they, what they want to hear. He's going to tell them what they need to hear. And then he closes it with, and by the way, I'm the amen. In other words, that's it. Whatever I say, amen. Right? It's, it's so be it. And he just dives right into this church. All the other churches that Dustin got to preach on, Pastor Dustin got to preach on, he had something positive to say, right? And then something negative, and then he come back with a positive. Not my church, not the one I get to preach about. <laughs> he, he just dives right in and is like, I, he said, by the way, here's who I am, and you guys are, I wish you were hot, I wish you were cold, but you're lukewarm. You, you're, you think you're rich, but you're not, you're... You're miserable and poor and naked and blind. I'm, in fact, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Come on. And, and what was problem was he said, look at this verse 17. He said, you say I'm rich. You say that I've acquired wealth and I don't need a thing, but you don't realize. Everybody say, you don't realize. You don't realize you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, 
and naked. In other words, the way they saw themselves was different than how Jesus saw them. And you think you're good, but you have a problem. So you've got a temperature problem. And, and, and he says, you're lukewarm. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. Can we get an amen on that? Can I? That just doesn't sound good. And so this morning, I just want to give you four keys to, Jesus said, I wish you were hot. He said, I'd even be okay if you were cold, because at least if you were cold, you would know you were cold. Right? At least you'd know you had a problem. When I, when I was at Murray State, I knew I had a problem. Right? I, I knew that. Uh, I was cold, but I knew I was cold. And he said, I wish you were hot. So I'm going to give you four keys to staying hot. All right? Y'all ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Come on, four keys to staying hot. That sounds like the cover of Cosmo, doesn't it? Does Cosmo even still exist? Some of the older people know what Cosmo is. I don't even think that it's around anymore. First, first thing is this. You've got to recognize there's a problem. Listen, if you're ever gonna, if you're ever gonna change, you're ever gonna move, you gotta re- first of all, you gotta recognize there's a problem. They didn't see what he saw. Isn't it the worst when when there's a problem and you don't even know it? Maybe it's in your relationship. You think everything's good and you don't even know it. Uh, any Hallmark movie people? Come on, anybody? Y'all are too young for that. There's a few. Raise your hand. My wife loves Hallmark movies. I don't know. Uh, I'm cursed with that in my house, but she likes to go to bed watching a Hallmark movie. And, and so, but the problem is she falls asleep within five minutes, and I end up watching the whole thing, and I don't even like it. So, so I'm watching Hallmark. But a lot of Hallmark, a lot of Hallmark movies start with this. The, she gets a, the girl gets invited to a fancy restaurant by her boyfriend, and she thinks he's about to propose. She thinks that. And then at this fancy restaurant, what does he do? He tells her, listen, I just wanted to let you know I just got a new job in another city. And he's breaking up with her. Come on, who does that at a fancy restaurant? And she doesn't even know. She doesn't see what he sees. Obviously, she doesn't watch Hallmark. She should have seen it coming, <laughs> but she didn't see it coming. And, you know, how many, how many married people in the room? Come on, let me see your hand. Married? This happens a lot in marriage. The other day, I was dressed and ready to go, ready to walk out the door. And she just looked at me, and she's like, is that what you're wearing? And, and I was like, no, I was just trying everything on in the closet, just, just kind of just seeing what still fit. And I was about to change right now. What should I wear? Listen, that's how you stay married for 31 years. So at 52, I'm just like, is this okay? Before I left the house this morning, I'm like, is this okay? I just don't even know thought I knew and it's always been that way people I didn't see what others saw when I was a kid I grew up out in the country um, seven acres didn't have many neighbors and I loved sports loved every sport but it's hard to play some sports by yourself you can't play baseball by yourself it's hard to hit the ball run get it and hit it again and so but basketball you can play by yourself and so every day I played basketball for hours seventh grade just hours out in the driveway and I was amazing Come on, I was an amazing basketball player. And so I couldn't wait, South Junior High, Henderson, Kentucky. I I get to go try out for the basketball team. And I go and I show up. And all of a sudden, I'd never had a kid guard me before. And so I'm I'm trying out. And this kid's like swatting at the ball, putting his hand in my face. I'm like, dude, back up. You're making me look bad. You know, it's like, like, get off me. And and so after the the tryout, the coach just came to me, put his arm around my shoulder and said, son, I don't think you're really cut out for basketball. Oh, yeah, that's, I, I was heart. He told me what I didn't want to hear. And he actually pointed me to the band room 
Oh, I know. I know. And I, he, long hallway. The gym here, the band room. He said, I think you might want to go to the band room. And I'm walking down the hallway and like, I don't want to be in the band. You know, I'm just like. <laughs> but I went to the band room. And do you all know Beth Stribling, Miss Stribling? Anybody know Miss Stribling? Come on, she's in the room today. Miss Stribb's in the room today. And she was, it was like her first teaching job. And she just came in this dejected, rejected kid. She came, put her arm around me. She started speaking life over me. I went to Murray on a music scholarship. I wasn't a music major. But, uh, but listen, but, but he saw what I didn't see. And he was willing to speak the truth. And though it hurt, it was what I needed to hear. Right, come on, you need people in your life who will speak truth. Right, you need a pastor. You need, you need, maybe it's your crew leader, whoever it is. You need people that can speak the truth to you. And you receive it, all right? Don't, don't be one of those people that if they speak truth, you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not receiving that. I'm not going to talk about that. Receive it. Come on, you're blessed to have that. And, and it doesn't matter. How many know it matters in this church? Jesus told them what they needed to hear. And listen, it doesn't matter what I think or what you think or what the world thinks. It matters what Jesus thinks, right? And in this church at Laodicea, they, were, they represent the self-sufficient church. They were a church that had wealth. In fact, if, if this church existed today, if you saw it, it would be the church. It would have beautiful buildings, have great programs, maybe great music. Influential people would go there. Money, prestige. And listen, all those things are great. In fact, I want all that stuff. I mean, we're in a building project right now. We're building buildings. We, I want to have great music. We want to have a lot of people. Uh, we want to have enough money to pay the bills and make a difference, right? All those things are good. The only problem was that was the focus, and Jesus wasn't in the building. Did, did you pick up on that? That they had all these things going on. They had all this wealth, but the presence of God wasn't in the room. In fact, Jesus was on the outside of the church knocking on the door like, Hey, guys, remember me? Do you think it would be possible if I came into my church? And so the church of Laodicea represents that this church that has all the looks of a church, has church on the door, but the presence of God isn't there. A.W. Tozer said this, he said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. But if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, the church in the book of Acts, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Come on, there's, in this church there was nothing of the presence of God. I'm so thankful that you all have a, a, a desire, a heart for the presence of God. They can't say that about Purpose Church. You guys are hungry, amen? Want more of Jesus. Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris said this. He said, wouldn't it be sad if people came to the church expecting to meet God and all they found is us. Come on, you can be a friendly church, but how many know that only the presence of God changes lives? It's the Holy Spirit that makes a difference. And at Laodicea, at one time God was there, but something happened. They used to be hot, but, but they have cooled off. They're, they're lukewarm. In fact, the word Laodicea means please the people. That's what it means. And so they became a church to please the people. Now listen, I want to listen. I, I hope y'all are pleased today. I really do. Come back next week; it'll be better. Y'all that are visiting, come back next week. You, you'll have a better. Is it Kids Week next week? So, so come on, it's going to be awesome. Just come back. And, but I want you to be pleased. I want you to like me. Come on, I'm normal. I'm human. 
But on, but on the ride home, it's just going to be me and Jesus. And I'm more concerned about what he thinks. Right? Is, is he pleased? And in the Laodicean, the Laodicean church, there was no preaching of truth. They're, they're, because we don't want to say anything that will offend somebody's lifestyle. Right? Does that sound familiar? It sounds like what, maybe what's happening today. So we changed the message to please the people all in the name of love. They actually believe they're more loving than Jesus is because you saw the way Jesus was. True love tells people the truth. Right? In love. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And notice this, that true love involves discipline and correction. Notice what he says, 319, to those, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. My dad used to pull that on me. Son, I love you. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, well, why don't you give us both, both a break? You know, <laughs> Let's just show mercy today, Dad. I mean, I don't, no reason for you to go through this pain as well. But, um, <laughs> but we need people in our life to correct us. People to tell us the truth. God's word is truth. I'm so thankful that you guys did a deep dive. Y'all could have taken a break this summer and said, we're going to go deep. We're going to go deeper. Come on, revelation in the summertime. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going to just leave out, we're going to read it all. We're not going to tear out the parts. Dustin, hold up your Bible. Look how big his Bible is. See the size of my Bible? See, I tore out all the stuff I didn't like. I'm like, they won't like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so it's, but they had a temperature problem. Lukewarm. See, what was happening is that Laodicea, the spiritual temperature on the outside, what was going on in the culture of Laodicea started affecting what was going on in the inside. And, and we've got a temperature problem back home at our church. We, we, we've got a room about this size, an old building, and, and, and listen, on a day like last Sunday, it was like 95 degrees. So we start out at like, like 60. So first service, people are, you know, got their sweaters on, they're cold. By the time second service comes on, everybody's just, just fanning because hundreds of people come in bringing their 95-degree sweatiness into the house of God. And, and the temperature, you can just feel it rising in the room. And what's going on outside starts to affect what happens inside. And the same was happening here spiritually with Laodicea. What was happening outside with culture was affecting what was happening inside in the church. And we have to make sure that, that we are keep it hot on the Inside for when it's cold outside, because how many know the church or the world is cold toward God, is indifferent toward God. So we have to create an atmosphere in here. And you guys, listen, you know what it is to, to, to create a hot atmosphere in here so that when you leave, come on, you're on fire for Jesus. Right? It's important that we elevate our praise. It's important that we praise big because they're not praising him out there. It's important that we raise Go extra in our worship. Come on. Be zealous in our prayers. Stay committed to preach the truth in love. Come on, you got a pastor that's willing to preach the truth. Lean into that. Be thankful for that. There's a lot of preachers that aren't doing that today. Come on, so lean in. Be quick to obey. I, I, I love it. And Jesus says, look, you guys need to repent. Have you, have you found through this series that repentance isn't a one-time event? It wasn't just something you did when you got saved. Repentance is, is an ongoing course correction as you follow the Holy Spirit. He's constantly just saying, it's a change of mind. I wasn't thinking right. 
I'm going to change my mind about that. So, so the first thing is you got to know there's a problem. Here's number two. I'm not going to spend as much time. You're going to think, oh, my gosh, he's just on number two. I got 12 minutes and 18 seconds. Number two, spend time with Jesus every day. Spend time with If you want to stay hot, you got to spend time with Jesus every day. If you want a pot of boiling water to stop boiling, just remove it from the heat. Jesus is ready. You, you want the church to get hot again? Just bring Jesus back in. Or in your life. You know, he, notice this. He said this. Here I am. Verse 20. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. In other words, you can be in a cold church, but you could still be hot. Because the offer is to anyone. The letter's to the church, but the offer's to anyone. And you can, he wants to spend time with you. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. When, when Jesus called his first disciples in Mark 1, the Bible says he called those he wanted that he might be with them. Come on, that's the first call of every one of you. Before you serve Purpose Church, before you serve your crew, before you serve on your team, whatever it is, listen, your first call is to be with him. He says, we, he called them, he wanted them. Come on, the, the creator of the universe wants to be with you. He loves you. He, he, he went to great lengths to be with you. And he says, I want, I just, he called them that they would be with him, and then he gave them authority, come on, to cast out demons and heal the sick. Power and authority come from spending time with Jesus, and he... He wants to spend time with you. So spend time in his word every day. When you spend time in the Bible every day, it'll, it'll show you when you're off. When you're thinking, that's why we have to be transformed by the renewing of, renewing of our mind. Because culture changes all the time. People change in definition. Everything, everything's changing, but the word of God stays the same. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away, he said. So spend time in his word every day. Spend time in prayer every day. I love this prayer in Colossians 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's this. I, I encourage you. It's the, the prayer that Paul prayed for his church. And, and he, he tells him, he says, I'm always praying for you. I'm praying that you'll have a knowledge that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will. Come on, that's a good prayer. This is a prayer that will keep you hot. That he'll give you wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit will guide you. Uh, I'm praying that you will live a life that's worthy of the Lord. Come on, that's a good prayer. Every day. God, I pray that today I live a life that's worthy of you. That I will bear fruit in every good work. That I'll be growing. Everybody say growing. That I'm growing in the knowledge of God. That I'm strengthened with all of your power. It's not my strength, it's your strength. By his glorious night. And he's, he, he ends it by giving thanks and praise for saving him. Come on, it's stay in prayer and pray to be growing, growing in the knowledge of God. Listen, here, here's the third one. Believe there's more. Come on, you got to believe there's more, that God wants more for you. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them there is more. There's more. For my wife and I, we lived in the same house for 15 years. And for 15 years, we had low water pressure. I knew it when we moved, when we, when, as soon as we built the house and moved in. I'm like, man, the water pressure isn't very good. I just thought that's the way it was. I thought that, that like the neighborhood had bad water pressure. 15 years. My son would want to take a bath. He'd go turn the water on, go watch a movie, come back later. No, I'm like, don't you need to check on that? And he's like, no, Dad, I still got it. It's, it's good. This last year, my wife and I, we built a, you know, uh, remodeled our bathroom, new bathroom, tile shower. Whoo, nice. Gave her what she wanted. 
That's how you stay married 31 years, right? You give her whatever she wants. And so this, this towel shower, had a big old shower head. I'm like, I don't know why we're buying that. Don't have enough pressure to fill that up. Going to be running around in circles trying to get wet. Had this big old shower head. <laughs> and so that's what we had. And so, I, but, but, you know, back in the day, back 15 years ago, there was no YouTube. And I'm like, I wonder if there's a way to increase your water pressure in your house. So I, I Googled it. I saw it on there. I watched a little five-minute video. It said, you might have a regulator. I went out, to the, went out to the meter. Five minutes later, with a screwdriver and a wrench, five minutes, we had water pressure like you can't imagine. All the guys are taking notes like a regulator. I, I'm, I'm going to go home and check out right now. <laughs> Man, it's game changer. Our life is changed. Uh, oh man, it's 15, but here's the deal, 15 years lived beneath God's best for my life, right? Low, low water pressure for 15 years. And the, here's the deal, I didn't have a supply problem. The problem was, there was all the supply I could ever want, right? What we had was a let regulator problem, that we were restricting the flow on our side. Come on, how many know we don't have a supply problem? That, that God ha has enough to meet all of our needs. That there's more that God wants to do for us, but we're the ones who regulate Him. Right? In fact, I'll just say this. I didn't put that regulator there. That plumber did that. I've been looking for him like 15 years, my friend. You should have asked me before you did that. I don't want to be saving no water. I want full pressure, my friend. And, and, and so, but, but I didn't put that regulator there. See, see, some of you have regulations on your life that you're putting regulations on God because of what you've been taught or what you learned. Oh, God doesn't do that anymore. Oh, God doesn't work that way anymore. Oh, he used to do that back in the book of Acts, but he doesn't do that anymore. Come on, how many know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? That he doesn't change. And the only regulation we put on him is that whatever you say in your word, I'm for it. Let that be the guardrails of your life. Come on, God wants to do more. I love the attitude of the Apostle Paul. You know, he started out pretty big, had a big salvation. Knocked off his horse, blinded, saw Jesus. Then he had a healing, got his eyesight back, baptized in the Holy Spirit right off the bat. Come on, caught up into third heaven. Come on, how many know he's, he had a pretty good experience? <laughs> pretty good. And somebody would have been like, you... Paul, you've done good. You've done well. But notice his attitude, Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ. Come on, how about that? But, but Paul, you, you're saved. Paul, you've been baptized. You're good. Oh, no, I want to know him. There's more. I know there's more. I want to know him, the power of his resurrection. In fact, he goes on and says, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind. It was amazing, but I forget what's behind, and I press on for what God has for me. In other words, he had the attitude that I haven't arrived yet. Come on, let's go. That's how you keep from being lukewarm is you just always believe. I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for my salvation. I praise God I got baptized one day. I'm thankful for that encounter I had back in 1991. But come on, how many know there's more? Listen, there's more that God wants to do in your life. Here's the fourth one. Let's grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the fire in your life. You have to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. In fact, John the Baptist, when he was 
in the midst of his ministry. Notice what he said. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I am, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say it. And fire. What, you want to stay hot? You want to be hot for Jesus? It's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not something you can work up. It's something that God sends to you through the Holy Spirit. Come on, there's always more with God. Anybody like to go to the ocean? Any ocean people? My wife and I, for years, we either went to the mountains or the ocean. Gatlinburg, Florida, depending on how much money we had every year. And, and imagine you go to the ocean, or I came in this morning, and I said, I said, guys, I've been to, been to Destin, went to the ocean. Right inside this bottle right here, Gulf of Mexico. It's ocean right there. Now, that may be true, but how many know that's not all the ocean? That's the ocean, but that's not all the ocean. Some of you have been to the beach. How many land lovers? You're like, I've seen Shark Week. I've seen Jaws. Beautiful. Like to listen. Like to look. Not going in. Anybody like that? You've seen it? No, nobody can tell you that you haven't experienced the ocean. You've, you've, you've seen it. You've smelled it. You've heard it. All this, you, you, you've been there. Then others of you are ankle dwellers. Come on. You, you, you'll, you'll walk along. You maybe let the waves get up, hit you in the knees, maybe, but nothing more than that. How many body surfers? You're just like, let's go. How many know you haven't really experienced the ocean until you have face planted in the sand and just, just snot rolling out your nose, just like, like thought you were drowned and just, just gave over to the power of the ocean? Yes. And see, whether you stood on the shore and experienced it or whether you waded in ankle deep or whether you body surfed, you've all had an encounter with the ocean. But how many know there's more? You, you, you've had an experience but you haven't experienced all that there is. Back in 2020, my wife and I, we were in Mexico. Y'all remember 2020? Right? We want to forget that, but 2020, COVID at its height, and we had a trip scheduled to Puerto Vallarta. They were just lifting restrictions, but we were in Mexico, and they said, listen, here's the deal. You can go, but if you get COVID, you're not coming back. So we're like, well, let's go. I mean, I'll, I'll stay in Puerto Vallarta. So <laughs> anyway, we, we go and we're there. And while we're there, we're like, let's go, let's go snorkeling. Never been snorkeling in all my life. Let's go. And, and so we got on this boat, went out there. And listen, I get seasick, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm eating Dramamine like M&Ms. I'm just like, <laughs> just one after the other. I get out there. And, and so we get ready to dive into the sea. And, and the guy, Mexico, we, we, the guy pulls out a bucket. And it's got all the snorkels. And it just looked nasty. And, and he just pulled it out. He gave me one. And you know there's stuff up in the tube, COVID-19. Y'all remember that? Don't forget that part. And he gave it to me. But you know there's stuff in the tube. But when it's on the mouthpiece, when that looks nasty, you know you're in trouble. But I'm, I, listen, I'd had enough, too much drama. I'm not going back. I'm getting in the water. <laughs> Rinsed it out in the ocean. I'm in. Dove deep. God started feeding the fish. Can I tell you something? There's a whole other world out there. All these beautiful, colorful fish just swimming all around me. Never experienced that before. I mean, I knew what it was to be face plant. I knew what it was to walk on the edge. I knew what it was to see the beauty. But there's a whole nother world. And listen, I just want you to know, there's, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's more. There's more. Be, be thankful. Listen, when you got saved, you got born again, you have the Holy Spirit. If you, if you haven't been born again, listen, you can. 
you can know him. And there's, it's, 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 the Bible calls it being born again. You're born of the Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. And listen, he wants to come and he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you. And when Je- Jesus, when he went back to heaven, he said, it's better for you that I go. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll be with you all the time. And he's always with you and he'll comfort you and he'll guide you and he'll lead you. But there's more. Come on, on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, he was with his disciples and the Bible said he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe they were born again that moment. But then 40 days later, he was with them again. And he said, he said, listen, he said, you'll receive power. Acts chapter one. He said, you're about to be baptized in the spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be witnesses to me. And listen, from that moment on, they turned the world upside down. Bible says the Holy Spirit filled the room. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, there weren't Methodists in one corner and Baptists in another and Charismatics over here and Pentecostals over there. They were just all filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire rested on each of them. God filled the place. Come on, it got hot in the room. And then they took it out into the streets. And everywhere they went, they began preaching Jesus. And 3,000 people got saved the first day. Come on. Let's go. And then in Acts chapter 3, they're, they're laying hands on sick people. And they're getting up and being healed. And then you know what happens in Acts chapter 4? They're back in a prayer meeting saying, oh, God, do it again. Fill me again. Well, I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you do, but do you, you don't have all of him. You have all of him, but does he have all of you? Let's put it that way. Come on, there's more. When I want to pray for you, and I'm going to turn it back over. Come on, would you just lift your hands? God, we thank you, Lord, that there's always more with you. And Lord, we just want everything you have today. God, I just declare, I thank you for all you've done. But Lord, we believe there's more. And God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for this, for Pastor Dustin and Allie. God, I thank you for all you're doing. But God, the best is yet to come. And I just pray, Lord, for a fresh outpouring of your spirit on this church. God, that they can fulfill and accomplish everything that you've called them to do. That the name of Jesus would be exalted and glorified in this place, God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless.